Hello, hello, hello. It is your boy, Sebastian, a.k.a. It's Rabbit funny. here. Welcome to episode number six of Unspoken Rules Podcast. Again, I am Sebastian, a.k.a. Rabbit. I'm here with my co-host, the wonderful man, the myth, the legend, Montana, a.k.a. Wildcard. I am wonderful. And, hey, you are. You know what I mean? And, uh, man, we had some great games last night. A lot of closeouts were locked in and secured. A lot of teams proved their uh, dominance, to say the least. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the Wizards and the 76ers game and how they just proved that maybe JoJo, you know, they didn't really need Joel Embiid tonight or last night. We'll talk about the Hawks game and how I thought they were going to close out. And, you know, Montana, you thought the series was going to go to seven. It is what it is. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna be totally honest. Although I was talking, you know, some uh, stuff about the Grizzlies, I am shocked at the fact that the Jazz pro uh, proved to me that they were this dominant. So we'll get into that as well. And uh, what a game over in Dallas, huh? Well, I should say in L.A., but what a game by Dallas. What you think? You know what I'm saying? We'll talk about that in a little bit. So Montana, take it away. But, man, what what's some games last night, huh? Oh, yeah, great games. Uh, a couple of blowouts, but there were some good games overall. Um, okay, so let's get into the first game on the docket. The Philadelphia 76ers winning 129 to 112. The Philadelphia 76ers win four games to one and advance to the second round to play the Atlanta Hawks. Let's get into the box score so everyone can hear what the stats were. Russell Westbrook played 38 minutes, had 24 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds. Bradley Beal had 32 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. Rui Hashimura, who during this playoffs I think has come onto the scene quite well and is starting to show why he was one of the top picks in a couple years' drafts. I don't know how I worded that shit wrong. 21 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists in 43 minutes. Uh, everyone else did not have any double-digit scoring, so nothing of note for the Washington Wizards on that realm. For the Philadelphia 76ers, Seth Curry showed out and started to live up to that Curry, Curry name last night at 30 points and 2 assists in 31 minutes. Ben Simmons had a triple-double with 19 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds. Tobias Harris played 37 minutes, 28 points, and 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. Tyrese Maxey had 13 points. Dwight Howard had 12 points. And freaking Corkmaz, I think. Corkmaz, correct. Corkmaz, Corkmaz. Yeah. 10 points, had 10 points in 14 minutes. All right, so Sebastian... With Philadelphia now officially closing out the Washington Wizards, um, do you think what they have what it takes to get to the Eastern Conference Finals without Joel Embiid? Um, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Um, that game, I honestly wanted this game or this series to go to six, you know, just because it would have been nice to just see, you know, some heart, some effort from the Washington Wizards. Although we did see it from their starters uh, as they outscored the 76ers starters by four, 93 to 89. Um, but what really hurt them last night was their bench. Their bench didn't come to play. Their bench did not, you know, secure anything for them, or at least their role players didn't lock in. Obviously, you have Ishmith with 26 minutes, Robin Lopez with 17, and 
I'm going to be totally honest. I don't know who this Gill is, dude. Is Oh, Anthony Gill. I thought it was Antonio. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Anthony Gill with 11 minutes. He had zero points. Robin had seven, and Ish had nine. That bench got outscored by the Sixers bench 40-19. to 19. I don't know how the Wizards expected to win that game when their bench is just absolutely getting destroyed. You know what I mean? So they just their role players just weren't locked in. They, they just weren't clearly ready to win that game last night. It is what it is. Um, not to answer your question about JoJo and whatnot, um, I don't know. I think I think the Hawks, now that we know the Hawks are going to be, you know what I'm saying, playing against them, um, I think the Hawks will match up well against the Sixers. And if Joel Embiid with that, what is it, a, a small tear of uh, his meniscus or whatever the case may be? Right, I yes, believe sir. that. Um, if that if that keeps him sidelined for that entire series or for a good portion of that series, I think the Hawks will be able to take advantage of that because I think uh, with Clint Capella, who I think is one of the most underrated right now bigs in, in the league, uh, at least left you know in the playoffs, um, I think he's going to go crazy. I think instead of Trey dropping 40 or whatever, 35 or whatever, I think they're going to isolate the paint and have Capella just do what he used to do in Houston with James Harden, you know, throwing them lobs and whatnot and just setting up Clint Capella to success. Um, I think they'll be more aggressive attacking the paint. I think they have a more team, like a better team to attack the Sixers when it comes to paint defense without uh, Joel. So, I mean, it's just, it's just going to be uh, a difficult challenge without Joel for the 76ers, in my opinion. Sure, they'll get production from the role players because clearly they've been consistent. Um, but without JoJo and, and that huge, you know, piece on the defensive side, I think Trey Young, Bogdan, Danilo, uh, DeAndre, Clint, John Collins. Like, I, it's, it's going to be hard to guard John Collins and Clint Capella, who can both attack uh, the paint at ease. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see about that series, but you know, for this, for now, I'm happy that the 76ers did close out. Um, the problem right, right now is just the concern on Joel Embiid and his injury. Um, yeah. Like you said, Curry stepped up, did what he needed to do to close this game out. Was I surprised? Not at all. I mean, at, at the end of the day, he's a part of the Curry fam. You know what I mean? So he's got that Curry gene in him. Uh, Tobias did what he needed to do, and to think that Ben Simmons was gonna, you know, step out and go crazy, I, I didn't think anything of it. If anything, I thought Scott Brooks would scheme around him shooting free throws. He went five for eight, so I mean, he surprised everybody. I guess that's why Scott slowed down, you know, when when he came to like hack of Simmons and whatnot. But um, other than that, I mean, they got the production from their bench. Their their stars needed to step up and play the game that they needed to, and they won the game. Just Next next series is going to be rough without Joel Embiid, in my opinion. I don't know. What do you think? Um, for the Philadelphia, for the Washington Wizards, obviously we knew Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal were going to play well, but the rest of the team did not yeah. show up like they did in Game Five. Defensively, they were worse than they were in Game Five. Um, Rui Hachimura is an interesting player for the Wizards to build around for the next couple of years because he flashed potential in, the, in these playoffs. So there is that to go on for the Washington Wizards as they look towards the future. Um, but there's other questions now that they have to answer. They have to answer whether or not Russell Westbrook is going to be on the squad for years to come. Um, he could be an interesting trade piece for a, a couple teams that are looking to upgrade the, at the point guard position and get some star power on their squad. Uh, Bradley Beal, after the game, declined to, to speak on whether or not his future is in Washington. 
I'm sure we can speak on that. But Bradley yeah. Beal um, is a superstar level player. He came in second in the scoring for the league this year, behind Steph Curry by just barely like point something. I forgot what the exact number was. But for the Philadelphia 76ers, Ben Simmons, he's an all-star player. He can play as hard as he wants to. But if it comes down to it in the second round against him being the number one against Trey Young being the Hawks number one, I give that advantage to Trey Young every day of the week. Absolutely. Um, Philadelphia also has Tobias Harris, who is a great scorer. Don't get me wrong. He is a solid player. Um, but he's hit or miss sometimes, and you don't know what you're going to get a lot of the times from him. Seth Curry had a crazy fluke game, in my opinion. 30 points, that's a lot. Um, but without Joel Embiid on the floor, they get to play a little bit smaller, and they get to run the floor faster. So maybe they do create open or open shots for guys like Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibold. Um, just to shoot the ball fat quicker because they know now they don't have to send the ball to the low post with Joel Embiid. Yep. So maybe their offense is going to change a little bit now, but obviously you're going to need Joel Embiid if you want to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, we don't know how severe the knee injury is and whether or not he'll be ready to go in a couple in a couple days for game one of the next round, which I presumably think it would be on Sunday, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah. I know that the Bucks and the Nets are opening their right. series on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, with that, I mean, th- the Wizards have a lot of interesting things to look at for their future. Uh, Philadelphia, they're getting ready for the second round without, with or without Joel Embiid. I don't know how because the Hawks are playing really well right now. So I don't yeah. know. We'll get to that in a second. But the 76ers, they're definitely a good team. They lived up to why they're the number one seed. They took yep. care of business, and they're moving on to the next round. They're, it is what it is at that point. Yeah. All right. Um. So, but um, let me. I I completely forgot to address the the Wizards. My fault. Um, but yeah, like you said about Rui Hachimura, that's a great cornerstone piece to build around with Russell Westbrook. At the end of the day, it's like I feel like he's in like a similar situation with John Wall. Like we in the sense of the contract, like yes, he's a great player and he's gonna give you a triple double, but like would you want that type of like contract to like to try and especially at what how old is he? Like what 30, 33, 30, something or like 31 or am I high? Oh, he's 32. So it's like 32. He's getting he's getting up there, he's got that type of a contract. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't, I just don't know exactly what team is gonna be that desperate. To uh to want to acquire that, um and with Bradley Beal shoot, I hope Pat Riley makes a phone call or two. You know what I'm saying? I would love that man to just come home, get rid of uh, you know, get off that team, and uh, you know. But the Wizards, if they build around Hachimura, I feel like they have a bright future. It just depends on how they build around Hachimura, rather than uh, you know. You, they they got to real they got to focus on exactly what they want to do. Russell might not be the move. Bradley Beal might go. So try and get assets, and you know flip them into talent that they need to uh, succeed. But yeah, that's pretty much all I really wanted to address. My bad. All right. So as we move on from the Sixers winning one twenty nine to one twelve and finishing off the Washington Wizards in five games, we now move on to the next game on the docket. The Atlanta Hawks officially take care of business against the New York Knicks and wrap up the series four games to one, as we alluded to in the previous topic. 
They are now moving on to the second round to play the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, with this game, the Hawks box score looks like this. Trey Young scored 36 points, 9 assists, and 4 rebounds in 41 minutes. Clint Capella had 14 points and 15 rebounds in 37 minutes. DeAndre Hunter, who was another promising player, had 15 points, 3 rebounds, and 1 assist in 34 minutes. John Collins had 13 points and 7 rebounds in 35 minutes. Bogdan Bogdanovich had 9 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 35 minutes. Um, and Kevin Herter, the only other player of note, had 20 points, not 20, had 8 points, 3 rebounds, and 1 assist in 20 minutes. And then Galinari had a measly 1 point in 18 minutes. I mean, that's not good enough. Okay, for the Knicks, Julius Randle put up around his season average. He had 23 points, 13 rebounds, and 3 assists in 37 minutes. Reggie Bullock had played 40 minutes, played had 12 points, 2 assists, and 1 rebound. R.J. Barrett played 40 minutes, 17 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. Derrick Rose played horrible in this game, had 27, played 27 minutes, had 6 points, 5 assists, and 3 rebounds. Alec Burks had 12 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds, 24 minutes. And Emmanuel quickly had 11 points in 13 minutes. All right, Sebastian. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, are they for real or are they not for real? And are the New York Knicks destined to get acquire or destined to acquire or uh, sign someone in free agency of the star caliber level to pair with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett? And do you think that Derrick Rose will end up being on the Knicks after this season. All right. So first thing I want to talk about is the Hawks proved how dominant they can be. Well, at least they're starters, right, in closeout games, at least tonight, or at least last night. They proved how much they wanted it. They proved that even if their bench players don't step in and don't step up, their starters are going to take, you know, take full advantage and, and take care of business. John Collins, like you said, 13 points. DeAndre with 15 Capella with 14 and 15 rebounds. Trey Young with a nice 36. And Bogdan, sure, he shot, you know, not the greatest, but still provided nine points, which is more than that bench did. You know what I'm saying? So they came out, they showed up, and they just proved that they were ready to go and ready to get this series over with, especially in Madison Square Garden with, uh, you know, people uh, chatting it up. And that uh, I think what, what really sparked it for Trey was to really take advantage and, and, and go crazy once uh, Nerlens Noel threw that little uh that little uh, shoulder as a uh, halftime was uh you know as halftime started I don't know if you've seen that but as they were walking to the locker room uh Nerlens Noel threw a little uh shoulder at Trey Young and he was like okay he walked back and he was like okay okay keep that same energy and then they came out in the second half and uh you know I mean Trey Young he shot three for eleven from three. Obviously, that could be better, but he was just smacking. You know what I'm saying? He was just saying, F it, bro. I'm just going to shoot. Ah, ah, ah. If it goes in, it goes in. So just at the end of the day, it's Trey Young. I think he's going to be a phenomenal matchup in uh, that Philly series. I don't know how they're going to handle it. I don't know how they're going to play around it. But those starters, uh, pro you know, prove to me a lot. And uh, is that a knock on the Knicks defense? Is it a knock on the Knicks wanting to, to win this game? Did they – is it, you know, like, did they have that that effort, that heart last night? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, with Julius Randle, like you said, getting his average, sure, it's nice and all. D. Rose having a horrible night was a, a big, you know, a big piece on that. Um, but Reggie Bullock coming out off the gate going three for three and then slowing down 
and going four for 10 the rest of the night. It, it's just, they, they started out, some of these players started out hot. Some of these players started out slow and then nobody got into rhythm and just wanted this game. They just, they just played, you know, whatever they just played, whatever, you know, like they kind of like gave up. It, it felt like they kind of gave up coming out of halftime. They picked it back up in the fourth quarter when they lost by two 29 and 27 in that fourth quarter. But that third quarter, they just looked slow. I don't know if it was the fact that that they were the, the Hawks were just too too much of a match for them or whatever the case may be. But I don't know, man. I it, it was just a really bad night overall for the Knicks defensively, offensively. I mean, you get your production from your bench, but still, I mean, they still lost this game. So uh, I don't know. To answer your question about will a superstar sign with them? Uh I mean, we were we were all, you know, we were all hyped. You know, even Stephen A was hyped. Oh, Kyrie, KD are going to come to New York. And then they went the other way. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Tibbs, he's a great coach and all. But this roster, just they they don't have that experience, with the exception of a few of the players. Um, and it just seemed like they were nervous this entire series. Um, they got into their heads too much. And there's only so much that you can do as a head coach. So they just need, you know, maybe a few uh, veteran players – that could just sit on the bench and, and try and calm these players down rather than play. You know what I'm saying? Or get a superstar. The question is who? Who's going to want to come to New York? There's a, there's a few people that I can think of, but at the end of the day, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to just see. Hopefully next year, though, Julius Randle can can bring that uh that firepower again, but bring that into the playoffs rather than just be a regular season player like uh, Giannis was last year. And look at him now. You know what I'm saying? It was a dominant series for, for Giannis. So that's my biggest comparison to Randall. Hopefully he comes back next year in dominant fashion and proves that he does deserve to be in the playoffs and uh, why he was the most improved player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know, bro. We saw flashes from New York last night in that game. You know, there were flashes that they, they wanted it, but you have to be consistent that entire game when it comes to heart. You know what I'm saying? If your shots don't fall, make up for it on defense. If you turn the ball over, make up for it on defense. It just didn't seem defensively at times that they wanted it. And so that's that's my biggest critique on that game last night. The Hawks were beautiful. They did what they needed to do. And other than that, I don't know. If, without Joel Embiid, I think the Hawks can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. If Joel Embiid plays like the last two or last three games, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be a, a seven-game series. But until we find out the severity of that, I think the Hawks right now can win and, and go to the Eastern Conference Finals. All right. So as far as the Hawks go, for me, uh, Trey Young is a he's a he's a superstar player. There's no if ands and buts about it. He's uh, emerged now into that that killer that he was uh, built to be coming out of the drafts, and everyone was questioning whether or not him him or Luka Doncic would be the better player when they uh, the Hawks and the Mavericks made that trade to swap the players. Um, turns out both of them are pretty good. So, I mean, both of them won both, both the trades. Maybe Luca might be a little bit better. Um, well, not a little bit. He might be a lot better. Yeah, but I was still, just going to say. Um, uh, but still, like, uh, the rest of the Hawks, offensively, they're going to get the, the the scoring numbers from their players. I, I still feel like one other guy is going to have to step up in order to beat Philly and give more than 10 plus they need to get at least to the 20 range i don't know i'm trying to figure out who that guy consistently can be because yeah. i don't see anyone else on this team maybe john collins but the guys hit or miss a lot of the times now i don't know what's going on with that guy 
he's not as good as he is uh, built to be, I think. And no wonder the Hawks wanted to shop him around and during the trade deadline earlier this year. And they have to question whether or not they're going to pay him in, in the offseason big money as a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a question for another day because the Hawks, so they're still in the playoffs and they don't have to worry about that yet. As far as the Knicks go, Derrick Rose is going to be a free agent after the season. He's already said it, stated that he wants to play for the Knicks again. Um, he loves co- playing with Tom Thibodeau as his coach. Yep. They have that connection back to the Chicago Bulls days. They're not that connection ain't going away anytime soon. Um, he's literally Derrick Rose has been with the guy throughout his whole entire career. He's there. He was there in Chicago. He was there in Minnesota. He was down there in New York. So yeah, I mean, the Knicks have like they have some questions in the off season to answer whether or not to address adding another star, whether that's trading for one or adding one in free agency. Maybe they'll maybe there'll be players for someone like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine. Maybe there'll be players for someone like Kawhi Leonard. But it is it's like a tricky situation. But because I know the Knicks played well this year, but do does that translate to players maybe wanting to think differently about James Dolan as the owner of the Knicks and all those things that other players turn them down for from years past? So that's just uh, interesting to think about as we move forward into the future for the Knicks. Um, but, but besides that, I mean, there's a the Knicks have a bright future. They have R.J. Barrett still there, still there. They have Alec Burks, Julius Randles, obviously still there. So there's pieces to build around for sure. Sorry, um, to answer your question earlier that you had you had a question about the uh, the TV schedule for uh, the Philadelphia and Atlanta. I just got word. <laughs> That it is on, in fact, on Sunday, game one will be uh, Philadelphia and Atlanta at 1 p.m. And either game seven of the Dallas and Clippers series, which we'll talk about in a little bit, or it'll be Dallas versus Utah game one at 3.30. And that's what we got so far on ABC. Both games um, will be on Sunday. There you go. My bad. All right. So as we move on from the Knicks and the Hawks with the Knicks winning, well, not the Knicks, with the Hawks winning 103 to 89, we are now going to move on to the next game on the docket. The Utah Jazz officially closed out the Memphis Grizzlies, one twenty-six to one hundred and ten. John Morant played forty minutes, had twenty-seven points, eleven assists, seven rebounds. Dylan Brooks had twenty-seven points, five rebounds, three assists. Jonas Valanciunas had eighteen points and six rebounds. Jaron Jackson Jr. had fifteen points and seven rebounds. Um, everyone else did, were in single-digit numbers. Kyle Anderson, another starter, only had two points. Not good enough to get the job done for the Grizzlies there. For the Utah Jazz, they're still the team to beat in the West. Donovan Mitchell had 30 points, 10 assists, and 6 rebounds. Colbert had 23 points, 15 rebounds, and 2 assists. Bogdanovich had 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. Royce O'Neal had 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists. And the 6th man of the year, Jordan Clarkson, had 24 points, 3 assists, and 1 rebound. So, Sebastian, uh, how are we perceiving the look outlook on the Memphis Grizzlies' future based on guys like John Morant and Dylan Brooks and how and their star level potential that they have? That includes Jaron Jackson Jr. also. And are the the Utah Jazz the team to beat in the Western Conference? Um, if I'm gonna be totally honest with you, brother, I don't know. Like I, I was shocked, right? I was shocked at how dominating this Utah Jazz team was. Right, that first quarter. I don't know if you've seen it. That first quarter was at one point. I think it was forty to thirteen. At that first quarter, it finished forty-seven to twenty-seven. But that first quarter blew my mind out. Not only did the Jazz come to play, 
Not only were they moving the ball amazing, you know what I'm saying? Like they 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 were just taking great shots. They weren't some okay, some were a little iffy. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, not every shot's gonna be great. But overall, not only were these shots falling, not only were they taking great shots, but the, the ball movement was bro, it looked like the Spurs against the Heat, you know what I'm saying? Like back, it just looks like old Spurs ball movement. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, okay, hold on, you know what I mean? I was like, damn, okay. But I think the problem with, with that game last night, at least from Memphis's perspective, is one, you didn't get the production from Kyle Anderson. Two, you didn't your bench did not step up at all. The reason I was looking down was because I was doing the calculations. Their bench as a complete whole, their entire bench, every single person that scored combined for a total of 21 points. And you know what Mr. Six Man of the Year Jordan Clarkson dropped? 24. One person off the bench, one person off the bench scored three more points than everybody on the bench for the Memphis Grizzlies combined. And that just proves not only was the Six Man of the Year Jordan Clarkson ready to play and there to play, but it just proves that their bench was just not ready to play and had no fight, no, you know what I'm saying? Like they 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 did not help my man John Morant and my man Dylan Brooks. Them boys can only do so much. Jaron Jackson, 15 points, solid. He used to be, like you said, I think like last episode, uh, you know, uh, the second, the uh the second man, you know what I'm saying? 20 plus he used to average that, but after coming back from his injury, he just hasn't been able to get into rhythm, except a few games, of course. Um, it just sucks he, he could only drop 15. Uh Kyle Anderson blew me away. You know what I'm saying? I thought he was going to at least have a, a, a 12, 13-point game. This man only had two. It, it's just it's just unfortunate. I don't know what the heck Memphis can do to potentially fix this this team. I had a lot of expectation and a lot of, you know, a lot of hope for Brandon Clark to be uh to be great. Man only played 3 minutes last night. And that was probably the last 3 minutes of the game. Um so I I just don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they do from here. I don't know what, you know what I'm saying? This team was just not ready for the playoffs. I, I still don't understand why we have this playing tournament. I don't. I don't. I wish I could have seen a Golden State Warriors matchup. I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me in a, in a few minutes here, or a few seconds, I should say. But it's just beyond me how they allow this Memphis Grizzlies team to just waste our time. And, yes, I will say it, waste our time watching these games when easily this series could have gone six or seven with Stephen Curry there. The man probably would have dropped 40. You know what I'm saying? He would have been like Luca, how he dropped 42 last night, or like Dame, like 55 the other night. It would have been so exciting to watch. But, of course, that's a problem that we got to resolve and we got to look at. Um, but, yeah, I'll go back to the lack of production from everybody around John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and whatnot is what held them from uh, not winning this ballgame. Jazz, uh... I think with we'll talk about you know Luca and the, and the Mavs later. I think they're still better than the Jazz. Yes, I get it. You know they got Jordan Clarkson. They got a deep team in the sense of scoring ability. But uh, I'll take my chances with Luca and the Dallas Mavericks over uh, the Utah Jazz in the next series. So here is my thing: the, the Grizzlies. All right, yes, the Warriors would have been ten times better to watch in the playoffs than the, mm -hmm. the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's nothing taking away from their accomplishments Accomplishments this year. They took a game mm -hmm. off from the Utah Jazz. Uh, your young players are getting experience on the highest level now. Uh, John Morant and Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks especially has is, is balled out in this playoffs and 
is looking like a, a guy, him and John Morant are going to be a, a scary duo for the next football years to come for the Memphis Grizzlies. And as long as they can keep them both there in Memphis, there is no reason to believe that they won't be a good team for for years to come because they just need to add a couple more pieces for that bench. They have enough firepower in that offense, in that starting lineup. Jaron Jackson Jr. needs to take the next. I mean, you know, he's had a shortened season this year, but he's going to get a full offseason now to go into next season that there's no excuses next year for whether or not he steps into that that third guy as a, as a star role. Um, but they're de- they definitely have a bright future. Memphis is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Absolutely. But the the story here is the Utah Jazz. Yep. This team reminds me of the 2006 Miami Heat. If you mm. catch my mm. there. Mm. Um, mm. Hold on now. Okay. You, Donovan Mitchell and Dwayne Wade have comparable comps. Of course. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is is a a great shooting guard. The guy is really good. There's no doubt about that. Um, he, he scored 30 points. He had 10 assists. He's leading the offense right now. And Rudy Gobert is not, maybe not as dominant as Shaq was in that team, but Gobert is, he's crazy playing crazy good right now. He had 23 points and 15 rebounds last night. Um, defensively, he, we already know he's the defensive player of the year and he's going to do block shots. He's going to create miscues for the other team. He's a dominant center. The, the thing that makes the jazz scary is the players around them, both of yep. those guys. Yep. Bogdanovich is a great, solid three-point shooter. Russell Neal has stepped up in the playoffs. Like there's no tomorrow. Mike Conley had a bad game, but that's his bad. He had 12, he played twelve minutes. Yep. Like he had one. He had one bad game. There's nothing. Uh, continue. Never mind. I think he got injured, but I could be wrong on that. Like he might have, because he only played twelve minutes. Yeah, I think it was. But a, then you got six men of the year, Jordan Clarkson, who any given day, any given game is going to drop twenty plus on you. And how can you recover that from from that off the bench? The Utah Jazz are so deep, offensively and defensively, that they're going to create a nightmare matchup for whoever they play in the second round. Um, I do believe they're probably going to be the team on that side to get to the Western Conference Finals. And if it's indeed the Phoenix Suns on that other side. Uh, that Western Conference Finals is going to be a titanic matchup because offensively, both teams can score, and defensively, both teams can play defense. Yep. But the Utah Jazz are clearly uh, the better team in this round. And as we get into the second round, if they play Dallas, if they need play Dallas in the next round, uh, Dallas has got another thing coming for them because Utah is uh, definitely the better team offensively. And I don't know like if Dallas is going to be able to keep up with the scoring numbers that they're going to need to put up in order to – to stay on the Jazz's level in the next round. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know about that one, Chief. I can see the the comparison though, because they were they were comparing. I mean, not only were they comparing, but I can see the comparison of Donovan Mitchell and Dwayne Wade. They've been saying, I think Stephen A. mentioned it last night or the other night, um, how he he really sees a reason as to why D. Wade took on this uh this you know that ownership you know piece in Utah. Because he sees himself in Donovan Mitchell, uh, he sees the potential. He sees the potential in this organization, um, and I mean, damn, bro, that that offense, like you mentioned, that team as a whole uh, is really, you know, showing me exactly why they finished where they did this season. Um, I, I was mind blown. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, again, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. No, you know, no disrespect. And yes, sure, you know. Like there could be, you could use so many excuses, whatever the case may be, but for them boys to come out the way they did with that, you know, that fire and that will, like I, I couldn't, 
even though I don't want to say it because, you know, I want the Dallas Mavericks and the Suns to, to match up in the Western Conference Finals, I could definitely see Utah getting there. I could definitely see uh, Utah, shoot, maybe even going to the finals. Now, I'm not saying they're going to beat the damn Nets. You know what I mean? I still think the Nets are going to win this ring. Because if not, it's a fluke year. I'm going to keep it a bean. But, but this next series, and I, we can talk about this again in a little bit when we talk about the Mavs Clippers game. I hope that it's against Dallas because I want to see how they shut down Luka if they even can. And I just think we'll, I think we'll see a different team because that team last night in Dallas, uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that team last night. It's fine. I'll, I'll continue this take. Oh, next, that's uh, a, segment. All right. So that's a good transition as the Utah yeah. Jazz win 126 to 110. We're going to yeah. move on to the game of the night. The Dallas Mavericks move up three games to two over the Los Angeles Clippers. The Dallas Mavericks won 105 to 100, and yet not one home team has won a game in this mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, I was wrong about the Clippers. Um, <laughs> they fold, folded under the pressure. So Luka Doncic had 42 points and 14 assists and 8 rebounds on a 17 for 37 shooting night, which is god-awful. He played 43 minutes. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 assists in 45 minutes. He only almost played the whole entire game. Boban Marjanovic had 19, 9 points, 7 rebounds, and 20 minutes. Porzingis is the most overpaid power forward in the league. Had 8 points and 6 rebounds in 30 minutes. Dorian Finney-Smith only had 8 points. So, yeah, everyone else had scored over, over like, single digits. The, the only reason they won was because, because of Doncic and pretty much Tim Hardaway Jr. Those are the two scoring threats on the Dallas Mavericks. Everyone else folded. Um, they almost blew that game towards the end. Kawhi Leonard had 20 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds in 42 minutes. That's clearly not good enough for a number one player. Marcus Morris Sr. had 16 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists in 42 minutes. Nicholas Platoon. He plays center on the team. I didn't know that. Had 10, 10 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 assists in 33 minutes. Paul George had 23 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. Reggie Jackson had 20 points, 2 rebounds, and 3 assists. Besides that, no one else scored over double digits for the Los Angeles Clippers. So, Robin, do you think the trend is going to continue? Will the, the Clippers steal the, the home game from the Dallas Mavericks in Game 6 and force this to Game 7? Or Luka Doncic finally being healthy enough uh, will take game six and send the, the Clippers packing back to L.A. for good. All right. This is my take. This will be always my take. And I'm going to say it before I even, you know, get into anything. The Dallas Mavericks, and I've, I will continue to say it even if it gets annoying. The Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns are the two most slept on underrated and underappreciated teams in the damn Western Conference, even shoot, even the entire NBA. I will say it time and time again. This man, Luca, is a freaking bad man. You know what I mean? Like, bro, nobody is stopping Luca. I don't give a damn if he shot 37 shots. That's what you expect from this kid when he freaking says that I'm fine. And he plays a game like last game. You know what I'm saying? This man said, oh, my injury is not affecting me. I just had a bad night. If Luca has a bad night, they lose the game. Luca came ready to play. Yes, he shot horrible, whatever the case may be. You're not expecting him to shoot great. Some of those shots were suspect, but that's beside the point. You know what I mean? The damn man had was he was on a mission to prove to the world this is why I'm not only a bad man, but I'm 
a top two player and I ain't number two. You know what I mean? This man is the greatest player in the NBA right now. I don't care what anybody says. You can tell me all LeBron James is. I don't care. Luca proved it last night. Don't matter how many freaking shots he took. Luca proved it last night. This is why the Dallas Mavericks are here. This is why the Dallas Mavericks finish this game tomorrow. Not tomorrow. On Sunday. No, not Sunday. What is it? Friday? Saturday? I don't even know. What? Saturday? They play, they play tomorrow, I think. Oh, they play tomorrow? No? Oh, it's damn. It's yeah. a one day. It's a one day. Oh, damn. Friday. All right. They finish this series on Friday in home or at home. And, bro, I'm telling you, bro, the, the Mavs are just a great team. Everybody had an off night. What do you want me to tell you? You know what I'm saying? Maybe starting freaking Marjanovic was not the move. You know what I'm saying? Maybe starting Maxi Kleber is what they need to do. Or shoot, bring back the, the rotation that they used to have before Dwight Powell towards Achilles, bro. Bring back that starting unit of Dwight Powell, Porzin God, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Finney Smith, and Luka Doncic. Let's run that lineup and see how it goes with Carlisle. What's the word, man? Like, come on. You're already giving the man 22 minutes. Might as well see how that goes, bro. But that's beside the point. I think... Everybody just had a, a sluggish night. They had to rely heavily on Tim Hardaway Jr. They had to rely heavily on Luka. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? They won the ball game. Yes, did they almost sell it? Yes, but at the same time, is Reggie Jackson going to shoot 6 for 12 from the three-point line? On what earth is that Reggie Jackson's body? Please, someone explain that to me. When has Reggie Jackson ever legitimately shot 7 for 16, 6 of 12 or which from the three-point line? That's just not Reggie Jackson's body. I don't care what anybody says. That is not his body. That is not what he's going to do. He's not going to perform like that again. They're going to, I think this is going to be a 10 point plus victory by the Dallas Mavericks next game. The only reason why this game was this close was because of the man, the myth, the legend. God knows who the hell he is. Reggie Jackson Jr., bro. Reggie Jackson Jr., or not Jr., sorry. Reggie Jackson. That is the reason why that game was close, because of him. Kawhi shot one for seven from the three-point. Paul George shot three for seven. You know what I'm saying? He got 23 minutes or 23 points. Congratulations. Good job. You're not pandemic P. You're playoff P. Good job. But 23 minutes is not enough. Kawhi playing 42 minutes and going only scoring 20 points is horrendous. And then he airballed that shot at the end. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. I don't think these boys are ready for what's about to happen and what's about to go down in Dallas on Friday. I don't. I don't. And I think you're going to see it. I think the world is going to see it. You know what I mean? I think this team will blow them out 10-plus in Dallas. Mark Cuban is going to go crazy. Everybody's going to get litty. You know what I mean? And they're, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to go crazy. Dallas is going to be lit. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I could just take a flight to Dallas and just watch this series because this is going to go – this is going to be crazy. You know what I mean? But – um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, like Luca's just a bad, bad man. Like, nobody's gonna stop this kid. I don't give a damn what anybody has to say. You know what I'm saying? You the only way that this works is if Kawhi wants to finally take on the damn opportunity of guarding him. That's it. That's it. That's it. I ain't trusting nobody else except Kawhi on Luca at this point. I you bench Patrick Beverly. Ty Lu said, I mean. You, you literally said – Ty Lue went to Patrick Beverly said, you're not getting any minutes. You're falling out of the, the rotation. You're not going to play a single game. Why? Because he couldn't guard Luka. What do you want him to do? Did Reggie Jackson guard Luka last night? Great. Dude dropped 42. I don't care how bad he shot. The dude still dropped 42 and you lost because of that. So I don't know what they want. Rondo went 0 for 6. Horrible game for Rondo. But then again, can you do you, – do you really expect a lot from Rondo on the offensive side of things? 
Zubac, six points, only played 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the small ball is that, that Ty Lue thought of. Like, I guess he just tried to be like freaking uh, Steve Kerr and said, okay, let me run small ball. That's going to be a beautiful idea. I don't know. On, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's beyond me. But, but I think, again, if they come out like this and they come out this slow because they played, they played it. They started out really bad. You know what I mean? They started out bad, picked it up in the second quarter, but then they got blowed out in the third quarter. 33-21 in the third quarter. 33-21 in the third quarter. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, what needs to go down. Does Kawhi need to step up? Does PG need to step up and say, look, Kawhi, I'm no, I'm not the number one guy here. Not you at this point. You just play defense. You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't know. I don't know what the problem is, but like I said, I think Dallas just had a bad, you know, shooting night. And they'll come out, blow them out by 10 plus. What you think? Um, okay, so the Los Angeles Clippers, um, I was clearly wrong about them last game. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought they were going to – and they played really well in game three and four. Um, yep. But that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are just falling short right now. I don't know what's going on with the both of them. Um, they're just not playing at superstar caliber level. They're playing at star level. They're not playing that. They need to play at Luka Doncic's level at forty points for like per game, in order for them to beat Dallas because they were close to beating them yesterday. They came almost came back in the last couple seconds to finish them off, but it just was not. It was just what was LA's day yesterday. I mean, yep. there's nothing you can. There's no ifs ands and buts about it. Uh, the Clippers, they are clearly not as good as as advertised. I feel like they may have gotten worse from last year. Um, there's not, I mean, the, there's not that team. There's they lost, team. they lost, they lost two pieces like you mentioned a couple weeks back, man. They lost Lou Will and they lost Montrez. You know what I mean? Like they're just not. They they lost players who they thought they didn't really need it clearly. And look, it's it's biting them in the ass. It's biting them in the butt. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, it it's just unfortunate. They're a great team. Don't get me wrong. You got Kawhi and PG. At the end of the day, you got to trust those guys. But down the stretch, that ball's got to be in PG's hands. I'm sorry. I get it. Ty Lue said PG was in foul trouble. They didn't want to risk it. That's why this, that, and the third gave this little excuse, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, if you want to win that game, you know what I mean? You got to just rely on PG. He's got the hot hand. Kawhi clearly wasn't hitting nothing. Reggie Jackson was doing Reggie Jackson, you know, whatever the hell Reggie Jackson was last night, which we won't see again, mark my words, we will not see that again. That ball just should have been in PG's hands. That 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 series could have easily been, you know, or at least that game could have been the other way around. Um, but I don't know, man. My bad. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. Um, besides, besides that, Dallas, um, Luka Doncic, he shoots so much, yet he scores so much. Yep. Like. His shooting percentage is god awful, but like it's nothing. It's not the team around him. Like here's my thing: when they play the Utah Jazz, that's not going to be enough. The team around him is going to need to step up way more. Um, because 105 points ain't beating Utah. It might be the Clippers today, yesterday, but it's not beating Utah in the seven game series. Um, Doncic can do all he wants by scoring all that points, but as long as, long as his role players and his supposed star teammate Kristaps Porzingis. Doesn't step up to the plate. Um, the, the Mavericks have no chance in the second round. Um, they have zero to none because the scoring output that Utah has is just ex- exponentially better than Dallas. Um, 
I think they, the Clippers might even give them a better fight, if you ask me. But mm. obviously, obviously the Dallas is better here. Um, I do think the Clippers are going to win game six. Uh, they're going to keep that trend going. Uh, this will be going to game seven, I think. I don't nah. think the Clippers are going to go He's out done. easily. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is too good of a player to back down like that. Um, I think he's going to show up in game, in game six and give the, the Mavericks everything they, that they can handle. Um, if the Dallas does win, it could be a close game, but I think the Clippers are going to win and send this back to game seven. Nah, I mean, I'll just, you know, say a little bit. I think the series is over. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think Dallas, these role players, plays that poorly. I think they get more production from them in the Utah series. I think Dallas will beat Utah because, yes, I get it. Luka scoring 42, them scoring 105 collectively or whatnot. But we can look back at the games that they had. You know what I'm saying? They've scored 120. You know what I mean? But they've also scored 100 and something, 105 and under. They've, they've had, they have their moments. If they can find that consistency from the role players as well as obviously, you know what I'm saying, 85% of game five winners win the series. This is true. That is that is a, a factual, you know, that is a fact slash stat. Um, way to point that out, Uzi. Um, but yeah, I think I think that game was just extremely the game that the Mavericks needed to realize that, you know, that Luca's the truth. Luca's back. That injury was, you know, it, it hurt him, and that it is what it is. But that game where he where everybody thought he was just hurt, oh my god, it was just him having a bad night. We're we're all every superstar is allowed to have a bad night. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's allowed to have a bad night. Luca just had one bad night the other night, and that it is what it is. He proved himself. Sure, he shot bad, but he still proved himself and dropped 42. Um, I think they close out on six. I think Luca does it in dramatic fashion, and then he'll prove to you against the Utah Jazz as well as the role players against the Utah Jazz in game one on Sunday that they're here, and the reason they're here is because they're, mo they're the most underrated team and underappreciated team in the NBA. I'll say that again. All right. That's it. Huh. All right. So as we move away from the Dallas Mavericks winning 105 to 100 over the Los Angeles Clippers and sending this to game six of three games to two, um, before we get into the two games tonight, we yes, have sir. one quick reminder to everyone that's watching or listening on the playback. If you ever haven't followed the Apple podcast or the Spotify or haven't subscribed to the YouTube, uh, do so. It would help. This helps me and Sebastian get sponsorships. It helps me and Sebastian grow the podcast. Uh, we have just leave us a rating or review. Uh, YouTube subscribe. Um, there's a lot of things. A lot of things we can. Uh, a lot of things we can do to help progress the pod podcast as we move forward. We have a couple of shows that uh, we're going to be putting on this platform soon. So yeah, there we go. So Sebastian, what's so funny? Um, I put exclamation point podcast in the chat rather than socials because I it's just a habit of mine, but that just yeah. had nothing to do with yeah, my fault. I had nothing to do with anything you said. All right. All right. Let's get as, into these games. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. I guess I'm funny looking. Okay. Um as we move on, the Portland Trailblazers are playing game six against the Denver Nuggets down three games to two at eight PM Eastern time on TNT. And then the Los Angeles Lakers are down three games to two to the Phoenix Suns, um, playing at 10.30 Eastern time on TNT. So, Sebastian, as we get into yes, the sir. first game on the docket, the Portland Trail Blazers against the Denver Nuggets. Um, do we see this going to seven, or is Denver going to 
close out officially close out the Portland Trailblazers tonight, or is Damian Lillard going to get the last laugh and uh, send us to Game Seven? Listen, brother, I am. I have. I have two. Like, okay, I have two thoughts of this. Right, that that game, that game, Mr. Damian Lillard dropped fifty five, and he got no help. I said it then, and I'll say it again. This one take, I have two takes about this game, but this one take, I just don't know that these boys are going to be able to come out, at least Damian Lillard, and have that energy in Portland to close this, you know, or not close this, to extend this series. He's too tired, I feel like, after that game. You know what I'm saying? Especially in mile high. He, he saw that his teammates weren't there to support him and give him that oomph that he needed to close that game out and get the win. It's a lot different to go, you know, down 3-2 and one game away from your season ending than it is to go up 3-2 and you just need this game to close it out. I don't know what their mindset's going to be. I don't know how the coaching is going to be. I don't know who wants to step up tonight and help Damian Lillard. I don't think he drops 55. I think he drops maybe 35 to 40. Um, And I'm praying that he gets help from his teammates tonight. I'm praying that CJ locks in down the stretch if the game is close and makes the shots that he needs to. I'm praying that Carmelo hits the damn shots that he needs to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it was, it was a waste of a game and a performance by Damian Lillard for that team to even, like, I don't need to bounce back from, I guess, in the, in a sense, like it's so hard for that man to just be like, yo, I did whatever I needed to do to win. And you guys sold me, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's hard for Damien. I hope he can turn it around and ignore that, that performance, just put it to the side and say, look, I'll lock back in, but God forbid those shots don't, those same shots don't fall tonight. I just don't know if the Portland trailblazers, can uh, in fact win this game. I had them winning in five. Then I said, screw it, they'll win in six. And now, honestly, I think they get beat in six. I think, I think Denver wins tonight. I hope, you know, as 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 a Lillard fan, and obviously, you know, what I mean, Mr. Carmelo, I hope that they can extend this series and go to Game Seven. But the way that they played last night. Uh, or not last night, a couple nights ago, obviously not Dame, Dame Dalla, but the rest of his teammates, just they just didn't look like they wanted it. Um, I hope it, it's different tonight, especially being in Portland, but it, it's going to be a rough one for Portland uh, in my eyes right now tonight. So I think Denver wins this game. I think the series is over tonight. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? All right, so I think the Portland Trailblazers are going to win game six, and they're going to send this back to Denver for game seven. Um, there is no evidence on the on the Denver side that they can play. They usually, when it comes to close, or get, when they have the momentum, they don't they fail to step on the gas, if you get what I'm saying, yeah, I get to you. close out their opponents. Because they have the two games to one lead, but they lost by a blowout in game four. They sure. win a close game in game five. But in game six, I do think the Portland Show Blazers are going because the Blazers had the Nuggets on their heels in game five. Um, if CJ McCollum doesn't step out, we don't know what's going to happen. We, we don't know what, what happens. Um, Damian Lillard could hit, send, hit a, a shot and send it to triple overtime. We just yep. don't know what, what could have happened. 
Obviously, he's going to need McCollum, and he's going to need Carmelo Anthony, and he's going to need Nurkic, and he's going to need Norman Powell all to step up tonight because if none of them hit their shots, of course, the game is over. Denver's going to win it because Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. and all those guys down there in Denver are no joke. If they had Jamal Murray, I'd be even thinking about making them the Western Conference favorites. Yep. But – um. Yep. It's just uh it's just unfortunate for Portland that they drew a, a hard matchup. It's not gonna be easy, but Damian Lillard's too good of a player not to, to send this back to game seven. So I officially am gonna stamp my claim and say Portland wins game six and sends this back to game seven where game seven all bets are off and anything goes. Amen. I'm praying it like I said, the only thing that that, that needs to happen for Portland tonight. Is Dame needs help. Dame needs help. Every we already know Denver is gonna come out and do what Denver does. We already know Dame is gonna come out and do what Dame does. The problem is his role players. He needs those points, those shots to fall from Carmelo, CJ, Covington, Nurkic, you name it. Powell went over three last bro. I remember that, bro. He needs productivity from his team in order for them to succeed. He can't do it alone. You know what I mean? This is too much. This is too talented of a team in Denver for Damian to try and carry this team with no help. And if he gets that help, I completely agree. I will stamp it with you that Portland wins. But if he does not get that help, this series is over. And I think you can agree if they don't get this help, right? I think you can agree. Yeah, if he doesn't get – if CJ McCollum doesn't step up, Denver, I mean, Portland is not going to win this game. Yeah. If if they're, ben, if they're role players and everybody steps up, we can agree Portland will win this game tonight. If they don't, not you know, it 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 is what it is, bro. It is what it is. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my take on that. All right. So, as we move on from there, we move on to the last game. That's yes, right. As the first round starts to wind down, there's not many matchups left. The Los Angeles Lakers are the defending NBA champions. Uh, they're, we don't know. Is Anthony Davis playing tonight or is he not playing tonight? I don't know anything yet. Let me um, double check. Uh, Phoenix is up three games to two over the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James failed to show up in game five. Um, I don't know if he's going to play with the aggressiveness that he needs to tonight to get the job done and send this to game seven. But Chris Paul, Devin Booker, um, they're good players. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Chris Paul, whether or not he's healthy enough. Back when in Game Five, when he got st- he had that stinger in the shoulder by a uh, KCP, I think it was. No, uh, um, Weston Matthews. Weston Matthews. I always, I always said it was Weston Matthews. Of course, I'm mistaken. No worries. Um, all right. So here's my thing. If Anthony Davis plays, the Lakers are going to win. If he doesn't play, the Phoenix Suns will win, and they're going to send the Los Angeles Lakers packing, and we're going to get a new team in the Western Conference final, as the Western Conference final, uh, representative in the NBA Finals. Because uh, LeBron, I don't think he could do it by himself because, of course, his other players on the squad are not showing up. Dennis Schroeder, I don't know where that guy has disappeared to. Um, Drummond's not playing well enough. Uh, guys like KCP are not hitting shots. He's Kuzma, not, he's in, Kuzma. My bad. Um, so, yeah, the Lakers are uh, – without Anthony Davis, they're finished. With Anthony Davis, they're going to live another day. Uh, I, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this, Sebastian, so let's see. No, um, all I was going to say was about KCP. Um, KCP's questionable for tonight. 
uh, as well as Anthony Davis. They're both game time. I just did, you know, I just did the research on it. Both KCP, uh, I guess KCP tweaked something uh, last game, or, or I don't even know if he played, whatever the case may be. Um, KCP and Anthony Davis are both questionable for tonight. It'll be a game time decision. Um, now with CP3, I think he's fine. I think it was just a, a little stinger. You know what I'm saying? A little stinger. It hit him right in, in a spot that uh, he was uncomfortable with. Um, but if Anthony Davis does play, I think uh, I think the, the Suns still win because I think if Anthony Davis plays, he's coming off of a, a strained groin, which is not an easy injury to come back to so quickly. Um, so I think AD will play soft. I think AD will play like he did in game one, try and sit on the perimeter. I think I mentioned this already last, uh, last uh, episode. But, uh, yeah, I think AD plays soft. I don't see AD being dominant tonight if he does play. That's too much of an injury in his groin. It's going to it's gonna bother him a lot. Um, and one misstep, one one dunk attempt, and it's it's like it's just gonna you know it's gonna tweak with him. It's gonna it's gonna mess with him. So I think uh, AD is gonna play hella soft tonight. I think the Suns close out. Um, I think the Lakers get first rounded. LeBron first time in his career will get first rounded. And uh, to add to that, I think the Clippers also get first rounded. So the two LA teams will be sitting at home enjoying the uh, enjoying the wonderful playoffs. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I think as long as they, the Suns get the productivity that they have been from their team offensively and defensively, and if the, the Lakers have, you know, a soft Anthony Davis and potentially no KCP, um, I don't know who's going to score for that team. Like we mentioned with, uh, with Damian Lillard, I don't know what else you want LeBron to do. LeBron can only do so much at the age of 36. The man cannot score 30 plus 40 plus like Dame Dollar can. He needs help. And that's no knock on LeBron James. I just think what I saw last game, father time is catching up. And it's sad to say, but at the end of the day, the man is 36. He did, he played a phenomenal career. And as in the latter of his career, the man has decided to step, take a step back to, you know, try and prolong it, you know, try and prolong his career and has opted to have star players around him that he can dish the ball to if he needs to in crunch time and take that roll back instead of dropping 35, 40 points a game. He's dropping 20, 25 with like 15 assists. And so with no productivity from his team, like last game, if they don't show up today, if they don't show out, this game is over. Shoot. I I, I might even bet on a blowout. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, I don't, I don't see Anthony Davis coming back from a groin injury and, and thinking he's going to just run the run the paint and be aggressive again because it's just not going to happen. We saw him – we saw him – what game was it? Game three, game four, whatever in, whatever he went down. We saw him off of a random dunk out of nowhere going into the half. A random dunk, he pulls his groin. I don't think he's going to be he – might, he might literally get into his own head, and it might affect his uh, performance. And, you know, like it, it's going to make him not be as aggressive as the Anthony Davis we know. Or if he is aggressive, he's going to pull something and hurt himself again. And um, it's just going to ruin it for the Lakers and ruin their opportunities. Um, so I think Phoenix wins tonight. You know, it was a great run. It was a great, uh, it was a great, you know, effort by the Lakers. But I think the Phoenix Suns are just too dominant and too much of a uh, outmatch without the presence of Anthony Davis truly being there. All right. So with Anthony Davis there, the Lakers are clearly the better team. Uh, there's no if there's if no he, doubt. 
But he's not healthy. That's the problem. We don't know if he's not healthy, though. We don't know. We if don't he know. was healthy, he would have played last game. All right, yeah. So he doesn't. that doesn't mean he's not healthy now. Chris Paul played through his injury. Okay, yeah, but he, Chris Paul has a shoulder injury that's different. And he's on his non-shooting shoulder also. So, like, I mean, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, with it's Anthony Davis. Dribble the ball up, uh, Even with Anthony Davis on the floor, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a difference because other player, it's going to create attention towards him. And it's going to create more opportunities for guys like LeBron and Dennis Schroeder to – with him, with Anthony Davis on the court, offensively they're a different squad because they can play more, more fluently. They're not having to worry about force-feeding it to LeBron the whole time and having LeBron shoot 20-plus shot, shots to win the game. As we know, LeBron, that's not LeBron's body anymore. Um, yeah, I think the Lakers are going to win. I think, they are, I think they're going to win tonight. Um, even with Anthony Davis at less than 100%. I think they're just having him on the court. It's going to be a huge difference. Uh, the Lakers are going to, I think that they realize their backs are against the wall here. If they don't get it done tonight, they're going to go home and they're going to be one of those defending champions that gets bounced in the first round. That's not, that's not going to be a good look for the league. Um, the league needs LeBron and the Lakers because without them, uh, the TV ratings are not going to be as high. I mean, yes, it's going to be interesting to see, different teams in the NBA finals this year. Uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be weird not having LeBron there. Um, so I do think the Lakers win game six. And then and if they force it to game seven, all bets are off. We don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I'll give you the credit. If the Suns win tonight, uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they're definitely good players. I'm not going to say they're not, but the Lakers have the better, better stars on their team. Um, so I'm going to say the Lakers win a close one. Uh, they're going to send this back to Phoenix, and we'll see them. We'll see them who comes out on top in game seven. And so, my thing, really quick, and then, then we could wrap it up. Um, I just think the Suns' depth in the sense of productivity and consistency is just outmatches uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, even with Anthony Davis. KCP, if he plays, is suspect when it comes to scoring. It's very inconsistent. Wesley Matthews doesn't shoot the ball that well no more. Kyle Kuzma's absolutely horrible. Andre Drummond is absolutely horrible. Montrezl Harrell's getting no minutes. Marcus Gasol, they don't even rely on after a couple of games. They, they tried him. Now they don't like him anymore. Um, Dennis Schroeder's literally non-existent, like you mentioned. That's seven players that I just mentioned that are non-existent and or absolutely having horrible series. And they're just going to come out in game six and somehow turn the script? I just don't I mean, see that happening. I mean, they haven't played horrible. They didn't play horrible in games two and three. When they think I mean, they was there, they played great. They were blowing out yeah. the game. So. But again, the thing is, Anthony Davis, healthy. Look at what they did game one with Anthony Davis there, but playing passive and soft and scared. What happened game one? You know what I mean? Like, there, there's just a lot of things to look at. And I mean, I don't know, bro. I, I think I still think that game two with C, if CP three does not leave that game and he was actually healthy, game two the Suns actually would have won. Game three, I'll give it to you because AD did do what he needed to do, and so did the the, re the rest of the role players. But game four and game five, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for that performance from those teams, and I just think the Suns have a collective overall better group than the Lakers do. Now, I don't think the superstars are better. Obviously, we're talking about the greatest player in this generation right now, 
and one of the greatest bigs in the league with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But as a collective unit, at shoot, even as a coaching staff, I think the Suns outmatched the Lakers. And without AD's presence tonight, I think it'll be a huge impact for that team going forward. All right. So we shall see what happens. Um, so as we get ready to wrap up the show, I'm just going to remind you guys again, if you haven't followed the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to your to your podcasts, please do so. Give us a rating. Uh, get, leave us a review. Uh, it helps us a lot. Me and Sebastian are trying to grow the channel. Uh, we're going to do a lot of things going forward into the future. Um, as far as building out this channel, uh, me and Sebastian have a lot of ideas, and we're excited to talk about them, them with you guys as as the, they become more concrete. If you guys are watching on the video formats, subscribe to the YouTube, leave a like, and comment on the video. Um, if you guys are here on Twitch and you haven't followed the channel yet, follow. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter on as on Wildcard Movies on Instagram on Wildcard Movies as well. Rabbit, where can they find you? Rabbit FL everywhere. You can find me at Rabbit FL everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I think I mentioned everything right. I don't even know. But yeah, Rabbit FL everywhere. That's all my socials. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Alrighty. So Sebastian, I will see you tomorrow. And yes, sir. see you guys tomorrow, everyone in the chat. Thanks for watching. Peace. Appreciate y'all. Peace.